after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials tonight, the good ones and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. What cigarette do you smoke, Doctor? My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve. Hello, Andrew. Coming up today on the show, I don't even know how to summarize this, Uh, I, I wrote... Who put TV in our commercials? <laughs> Sounds kind of cranky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you start, you're starting out mad. Um, yeah, so what, were, what made me think? Oh, I know. I was, I was, we were at the Eagles Club a couple, I don't know, a while ago, safely, theoretically. Um, and they, the bartender was playing some uh, Twin Peaks episodes. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Which is always fun. It's always fun to see those. Yeah, sound was down, but it's just good visual candy. It is. And apparently um, an advertiser thought the same thing um, and convinced David Lynch to do um, some commercials set in the Twin Peaks universe. And I thought, I wonder how many other commercials for things have been set in a TV universe. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's plenty of commercials for TV shows. But how many TV shows have done commercials for other things as part of some kind of licensing agreement? Right, right, right. So that's what we're looking at today. That's cool. I don't think I've seen, you know, I might have seen these Twin Peaks commercials a long time ago that you're talking about, but I haven't seen them Well, unless you lived in Japan, you did not see them in the wild. Well, no, not in the wild, certainly. But I think that, like, just in all of our various searches over the past six years or so, I've come across these. Um, Because they're from another country, too, right? And I think we did a show. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, you just said that. Um, I'm just making sure Japan is a different country, right? Right, correct. Okay, sounds good. It's a continent. It's famously the only country that's also a continent. <laughs> right, famously. Sorry, Australia. Um, okay, so we'll do that. Also, in the Ad Council, we got a um, charming email with somebody who submitted a commercial they want us to play. But more interestingly, this Ad Counselor is starting a new project that is right up my alley. And I'll tell you, I am a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. And when I read this email to you, Genevieve, I'm warning you, I might be online looking to buy some retro... AV equipment. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's just what we need. Hide the credit card. But let's get into this. Who put TV in my commercials? I'm sorry. I'm going to find something better, I promise. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching American television. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching American television. Do you know who that is? Um, is it Ben Lee? Oh, it's in the script. It's right in the script. I was like, how did you nope. know that? I would never know that. What is Ben Lee most famous for? I don't know. Writing the song that is now the theme song to TBTL and has been since oh, inception. Oh, of course. That's a feel my di- Catch My Disease. Catch My Disease. Um, who is he married to? I don't know. Ioni Sky. Oh. Who's Ioni Sky's dad? Um... I forget. Was it? Is it? Uh, it's. He's a musician, right? Donovan. Oh, Donovan. So there you go. Uh, well, that was a great <laughs> weird uh, set of sort of <laughs> random associations. All right. Um, let's start with those Twin Peaks commercials you're talking about. Yeah, this is for a product called Georgia Coffee. I don't know if it was only marketed in Japan or if only these commercials for it were market were shown in Japan. 
Um, but either way, it's so in keeping with David Lynch that it would be such a random assortment of things. Um, if you're a Twin Peaks fan, all of the, the visuals here will look incredibly familiar to you, and all of the actors will too. It opens with the shot that the show opens on, uh, which is the road into Twin, Twin Peaks. Um, and then we cut to what I assume is like a, a room, some sort of room in the police station where Agent Cooper is talking with several of the other characters um, about some clues that they've found. I know that Agent Cooper is the one who loves coffee, yes. but I think it would be so funny if instead they had Bob be the main spokesperson for the coffee. Yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob really does has... They, I feel like they could do more with Bob. He has an, in, he has an intensity. There's an intensity to Bob. could be brought to you via caffeine. I think caffeine. is underused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we all set? Should I hit play on this? I think so. I mean, it's hard to explain anything uh, you yeah. know, associated with Twin Peaks in a way that really makes sense. Right. So either you kind of get it or you don't. Is there any I talking think. backwards that's then backmasked so it sounds forward? I think weird? in one of these there really? is. Yeah, there's a whole series of these. I think Ooh. there were like four. <laughs> okay, here we go. Before Asami disappeared, she sent me this postcard from Great Northern. When they searched her room, all they found was this picture and this dear head. Let's think about this over a coffee. No, Lucy? Incredible. You too. So it's canned coffee. That's right. And um, it's funny that it's called Georgia, too, because, I mean, it's, that seems so American. Yeah. I mean, or, or Russian. So the person he's talking to, um, I don't think that that's not a character on the show. No. Right? The first voice we hear. And he's saying whatever mystery he's setting up there, he's saying all This all woman is left. missing. Before she disappeared, she left me this picture and this mounted deer head, which is sitting on the table in the um, in the police station. Um, and then Andy and Lucy come in. Yes, and that's when Agent Cooper stands up and he pulls a can of coffee out of his pocket. Let's think about this over a coffee. No, Lucy? Incredible. You two have got to try this. It's rich. Man, oh man, this Georgia is damn fine coffee. It's true. What Here's about the log lady. Head? Notice the symbol, Ken. I think you and I should take a drive. Big Ed's gas farm. Georgia. It's so trippy. It's so great. It's so trippy. And did, it really Lynch really directed these. He really clearly, did direct these, yeah. and they really are a series, a series like a you know a serial story. So in the next one, they go to Big Ed's gas farm, um, and the mystery, and they continue to try to solve the mystery. Can we keep going here? I think so. I'm not sure that they're in order. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear some more. Summer's car, the very rare von Singer Weibel. It's snooker balls. I don't get it. So they're looking at some, like, old, like, really cute roadster right. car. Right. It's the car of the woman who's missing. And then inside of it, there it's just, like, trippy imagery. They're looking at, like, a, um, a a rack of pool balls, but they're all red. Yeah, well, he calls them snooker balls. Oh, snooker, right, That's the right, di yeah. distinction. Agent Cooper? Shelly, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's called Georgia Coffee. Comes in a can. Tastes as good and rich as any cup of coffee I've ever had. It's true. <laughs> Log ladies just can? following them yes. around. A beautiful woman left this here for you. She hands him Georgia. a red origami crane. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Sorry. I know that this is probably kind of hard to follow with it's just the audio. It's hard to follow when we're watching. Yeah, them. exactly. But I'm into it. I want to know what happens next. They really got the whole gang together. The yeah. woman who works at the diner. I'm blanking on her name. Ooh, is her awful boyfriend in it? The truck driver? I don't think her. it's her husband. Oh, yeah. Um, it's Shelly who uh, works Shelley. at the diner. Right, right, right. I don't think any of these have the husband in them. How have I seen? I feel like I, I've spent so much of my life watching Twin Peaks but never getting to the end of it because well, I'm like, always for, uh, getting lost somehow. Because it amplifies that that quality of noir. I mean, it's a noir, it's almost a riff on noir uh, media, but it amplifies the quality of there being no rhyme or reason or before and after. I mean, I think that's the intent of it mm-hmm. is to like take that quality and like crank it up as, mm-hmm. high, as high as it'll go. Um, and so I think that's why, yeah, like even people... I mean, surely, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but for sort of a more casual watcher of Twin Peaks like you or me, it it all just becomes very dreamlike. I, w- I didn't consider my enjoyment of Twin, T- Twin Peaks to be casual when I first started watching it. I was in college, and of course, I'd I'd heard about it. I didn't really pay much attention to it as a kid. I just remember people saying who we were very Laura young Palmer, when it really... we were pretty young, yeah. And then in college, of course, I started to discover um, David Lynch and I fell in love. And so what I would do is I remember it was one, I want to say it was a spring break. I was off school, but I was still living near campus in my little uh, studio, kind of kind of like dormitory. And um, I was working full shifts at the fiberglass factory, which sort of sounds like something somebody would do in Twin Peaks. Of course, it would be more of a lumber mill. Um, And I would uh, get off my shift uh, in the, you know, in the early evening and I would stop at the Kent Free Library and I would get like, I don't know, two or three cassette tapes of Twin Peaks and a half a rack of really cheap beer and I would take it home and I would just get buzzed on my couch which was actually the seat that I had pulled out of my minivan and set up as a couch in my little room and I would just uh, pound the beers and watch Twin Peaks and yeah. I that's the only time so I think I ever watched very it. rich fulfilling life <laughs> exactly and um a lot of girls were calling me and uh, blowing up my phone, and I was just saying, I, I can't. I have a very uh, rich, full life. Just ask my <laughs> future partner. Um, but uh, I, I think that's the only time I actually sat down to binge it and actually watched yeah. it all the way through. What has happened in the years since is I will get a notion to do something like that again because I love, I do love the universe. Uh, things click a little bit more every time you watch it. I think it's absolutely beautiful to watch, but I always putter out or just sputter out at some point so I feel like I've watched like the first five episodes a Mm -hmm. million times I watched them for the first time after college I was living in a third floor walk up with three other roommates and one of them had a a VH old VHS tapes of uh, Twin Peaks that she had recorded you don't mind if I say a first I don't think it'll matter Uh, was it Jessica no this is not Jessica does not like make them up no this is too much of a make them up but I can't oh then it must have been Catherine yeah so it was Catherine okay because it wasn't Evangeline no yeah okay Uh, yeah so it was Catherine's tapes and they were literally taped off the television and they were very shitty I mean they were like they had tracking issues and all kinds of garbage so I watched it in this very sort of constrained way but you know how it is like you get really into the story and it's an incredibly engrossing uh story so of course i finished it i wouldn't have expected that that was the i i i honestly wouldn't have expected to that you would have watched it before you met me actually because i don't i didn't i think when we wow. met you were kind of anti-lynch wow. right oh what 
Because no. I remember then you really liked Mulholland Drive, and I was surprised, like, oh, wow, you like Mulholland Drive, but I thought you didn't like any of his oh, other stuff. You really stuff. thought I was a square, didn't you? I thought we had the conversation that you said you did not like it. Uh, no, I, no okay. I don't think so. Yeah, have you seen Blue Velvet, too? Blue Velvet seems like that's that would... That's a Blue Velvet probably when I was in my early 20s would have been a stretch for me a little bit. Oh, really? It's so I, I was going to say it's the most it's one of the more accessible or maybe ones. Lost Highway. I don't yeah, recall. Yeah. One of one of those earlier ones was a little I mean, we definitely watched Eracerhead when we were you were the first person to show me Eracerhead. Oh, yeah. That's also be such the, a, that's... They'll probably also be the last person to show me Eracerhead. Yeah. See, that's what I'm not proud of. <laughs> that, like, and I, I love Eraserhead, but like it's just like that's such a certain kind of guy thing. Yeah. Right. To but no, show his new girlfriend Eraserhead. Have I'm you been, such an Have you been idiot. laboring under the misimpression for 20 years that you introduced me to and taught me to like David Lynch? No, I don't. I honestly do not like the taught you to like things. I, you know, listen, when you're dating somebody um, and you're, you're sharing what you like. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a little embarrassing. I was young and very stereotypical. But, you know, you famously hate gummo. I really like gummo. Um, not to compare that to Twin Peaks, but we had very <laughs> different tastes and things. Yeah, I and still I hate gummo. And I remember being very delighted in how much you enjoyed, um, not Lost Highway, but Mulholland Drive. And I think we even saw them in the theater together. Definitely the first thing by Lynch that I saw new that you saw new right yeah. and and for some reason i took away with, from that that you didn't really like his other stuff and then i thought that you and i had maybe watched some twin peaks together and enjoyed it but it's funny like yeah but i mean like, like you just said about jessica not liking make ups like i wouldn't <laughs> have expected that the four of you got together um what i know about you and your yeah. three oh no it wasn't the, the four of us it was just you it was Catherine. me by myself oh interesting watching her tape i want to um text Catherine. i'm going to try to text Catherine when we watch this next commercial i'm going to see if she still has those vhs tapes oh my gosh wouldn't that be what awesome? would she play it on i don't know here's the next commercial then we should probably move on <laughs> what do you think it means i don't know ken they're looking at the origami crane how about a couple of georgia coffees while we think about it hooper hawk you're gonna love georgia coffee it's brewed rich. Tastes incredible. Damn fine coffee, right? Right. It's true. The Agent log lady Cooper. comes into every scene. And just says something like, yes, or it's Atlanta true. G. Good work, Andy. Hawk, what's under that last pin? Glastonbury Grove. Home of the Black Lodge. <laughs> I love him. Oh, am I going to watch Twin Peaks tonight? I actually wouldn't mind. Yeah, if you, wanna, if you yeah. wanted to start that project. Um, okay, so uh, let's move on yeah, here. Yeah, I'll just tell you that in the fourth and final commercial, they locate, he goes, <gasps> they go to the Black Lodge. There's a, he goes to the Red Room. There's some backwards talking and they find the missing girl. Um, well, then I guess I don't need to watch the rest of them now. Yep. Thanks Spoiler a lot, Genevieve. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a coffee commercial. For a second, I actually was a little <laughs> bit pissed. You goon. <laughs> Andrew hates spoilers. I don't really mind. Like, I think there's actually a lot of evidence that spoilers don't ruin people's uh, experience. And I certainly don't really care about them. In fact, I intentionally spoil myself sometimes for certain kinds of things. Um Spoiler alert, you just got an email. Oh, sorry. I, turned, I forgot to turn off my <laughs> sound. I don't even know if the mics picked that up. Um, but... But you are, you have gotten so mad. I know I've told this story before, but you, mm. he got so mad at me when I quasi unintentionally, certainly not with any malice, revealed the end of like a dumb, pulpy, like was a pulp. It a, book? a book. Yeah, it was like a pulpy detective novel. 
Just like some. Yeah, I vaguely like, remember that. Uh, were we on vacation? We That's were usually on vacation. when I read those things. I think it was that dumb one by Tourist Season. <laughs> Who does that really? One? The um, the uh, the Florida writer. Yeah. Uh, Hyas- not Hyacinth. I'm uh, blanking on his last Hyacinth. name. Hyacinth. Carl Hi- Hyacinth. Carl Hyacinth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I knew that I had gotten. Irritated with you, you one time for very shirty with me. <laughs> you don't like that. I don't care um, for it. When you decide, as much as you don't like spoiling, <laughs> I don't like shirtiness. Well, don't spoil the shirt. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, when you said, "Hey, this might be a good concept for a show tonight," I think the first thing that what both talking of us- endlessly about Twin Peaks and our personal <laughs> journeys with it and our irritations with each other <laughs> and your defensiveness. <laughs> Because you only like popcorn movies and you're a VH1 rocker. Let's just rehash every all fight, the, all every the early fight. fights we had. And they weren't even fights. They were just like two new people who really liked each other and were trying to figure out, yeah, can I be like, with this person? Like, where do we intersect? Exactly. Yeah. And like, can I be with someone who's a VH1 rocker? And can you be with someone who thinks she's a VH1, who thinks that you're can a Can I VH1 be with someone rocker? who thinks Bukowski is the high watermark of American <laughs> right. literature? And then who would later hide all of his Bukowski books because I can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't like again. That's who I was. That's so embarrassing. I came out of college like just that guy who just liked Bukowski and Eraserhead and Gummo and tried to push it on people. But all right. But uh, we were thinking of uh, of you know these commercials that take place in TV universes and Butterfinger is a perfect example of that. Although I remember these commercials being pretty annoying that take place in this in Springfield, right? Yeah, these are take these take place in on the Simpsons in the Simpsons world, and they're very much of that world. Mm-hmm. It's not just. A character or something and of course it's so easy I mean there's a couple examples um, in this show tonight of from a cartoon because I think cartoon universes lend themselves to this kind of cross promotion mm-hmm. um, but yeah Butterfingers Butterfinger for a long time had a relationship with the Simpsons where primarily Bart and Homer but other tertiary characters would fight over uh, and contend over a Butterfinger bar. Right, right. And yeah, yeah, the thing is, they they lean on Bart, and I think Bart, we all agree, is the least interesting character on The Simpsons, right? Yes, I mean, this was back when the show didn't understand that, and they mm-hmm. and it was built around Bart. And right. I mean, he, you know, he was still saying like "I caramba," unironically. <laughs> I know. I do want to start saying "I caramba" more though. <laughs> Please would that don't. be an affectation that you'd be down with? Uh, would. Love it if you'd reconsider. All right, here's the first one. Bart, I'm going to open my mouth and close my eyes, and you're going to give me a big surprise. Oh, what a bad kid. Instead of putting the butterfinger in his dad's mouth, he took the pacifier out of baby Maggie's mouth. I got wow. that. You saw for a second. I almost blanked on the baby's name. How many years did the show have to be on before you learn the main character's names? <laughs> All right, what's... Okay, let's you're, do it. You're so you're such an expert. Yeah. What is the name? Not that I have the answers here, but what's the name of Baby Maggie's nemesis? Oh, eyebrow baby. Unibrow baby. Does it have a name? I don't know. It you're the expert. It doesn't have a name. You're, oh, just say it like you know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Peanut buttery butterfinger. Nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger. <laughs> okay, baby. Baby got her uh, pacifier back in that one. Open sesame. <laughs> They're at like a grocery store. <laughs> the last butterfinger. I remember this one. Yep. This is the one that stands out. For whatever reason, this is. 
I saw this way more than the one that we just watched. So that yeah, like you said, they're in the grocery store and there's an announcement that they're down this to show, one. This is such an finger. old point in the show that I don't think they would ever have them go to a generic grocery store unless it was uh, really germane to the plot. Yeah. They would be at the Quickie Mart. Yes, they absolutely would. Or they couldn't get Hank Azaria. Hey, Joe. We're down to the last Butterfinger. Actually, that might be Hank's area. Yeah, huh? exactly. I was going to say, like, what do you mean they... Does, what, what mean not be able to get Hank's area? <laughs> the last Butterfinger! Aha! Don't This grocery store is crazy on top of its inventory. We're down to the last Butterfinger. You mean, yeah, and then they have... You mean they're on top of it as in they make announcements like that? Or... Why are they down to one? Well, I guess it's sort of one or the other. Either they're incredibly on top of it in that they're monitoring it that closely, but also how'd they get down to one? I'm actually, these shelves, go back, like there's a lot of blank shelves. Is this pre-COVID? Oh my gosh, the Simpsons predicted it. Yes, Look at all the empty the shelves. The Simpsons predicted it. Oh, once again. I love it. Um, I have not heard back. Oh, I have. I just heard back from Catherine who says, I, sadly, no, she does not have the VHS tapes anymore. I'm not the sentimentalist that you and Polly are. <laughs> Polly being our dear friend, her husband, who actually brought us together. Um, okay. Have we seen enough Butterfinger commercials? There's one more where he's learning karate, but yeah. Okay. I mean, I could go back. I already closed That's the fine. tab, but I could go back. Um, you guys get the gist. You know what it's like in Springfield. You know what it's like in Springfield. There's only one Butterfinger. Everybody wants only it. one candy bar. <laughs> uh, you brought up, while we're in cartoon land, yes. Rick and Morty. We've talked about some of these, right? Have like, we? I, I mean, like I'm sure we did talk about the one of them because I think it was a Super Bowl yeah, last year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah, or a um, couple of years ago, maybe. But Rick and Morty has become the absolute uh, sort of definitional idea of a cartoon that is is licensing its brand for commercial gain. Mm -hmm. And they do it in the, you know, in the way that's extremely knowing and extremely meta and self-aware. Yeah. So in all of these ads, there's uh, one for Carl's Jr., one for Pringles, one for Old Spice. The the premises are a little bit different, but but the general idea is that somebody in the ad knows it's an ad, right? And is an and is it's Rick usually, and is extremely sort of like uh, cynical about the his willingness to be exploited for cash. I'm excited about the um, Old Spice one because I don't think I know about that one. But let's start with the uh, Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's one. What's going on here? Morty's in bed. Rick storms in, um, wakes him up, and then starts inviting in all these huge anthropomorphized um, Carl's Jr. burgers that start <laughs> making a huge mess all over the room. So it's after that, it's going to be a lot of shouting, I'll okay. be honest. <laughs> right. Is there any burping? Um, it's hard to tell. It's, I, all, it's so much noise. Did you hear me burp today when you were down, you were upstairs in your did office? Did I hear you burp from down from upstairs? I let loose what a happened? very loud burp, one that didn't even sound like my usual burp. So I'm, I'm not like a guy. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not to a, answer your question, no, I didn't hear. It. I'm not a big loud burper. I'm not somebody who. <laughs> revels in that but we've been together for 20 years you've heard me burp uh from time to time um but then today i was just like i was washing dishes or something i was in the kitchen and i just opened my mouth and this brack came out that was loud and it resonated and i thought oh my gosh genevieve might have heard that one what would you have said if you did hear me say that uh you're a rude crude dude that's what in our house for some reason that has become the default thing you said that that to we me say once, when someone burps we used to say you're a rude crude dude and, and that started a long time i don't know why this show is just about our years. relationship but we were 
it was the idea is not very good otherwise <laughs> it was a lot it was a really long time ago and it, i'd never heard you say that before <laughs> and i burped and you just looked at me and said well you're a rude crude dude <laughs> and i thought it was the funniest goddamn thing i did it just didn't seem in character with you and i laughed so much and now anytime either one of us burps that's what we say yeah all right let's take a listen not to me burping. To the Morty, wake up. We're in a Carl's Jr. Hardy's commercial right now. I'd like you to meet some characters. Thick Burger El Diablo. I don't, don't want to be in a commercial. It's four in the morning. I got a big test tomorrow. Too bad, Morty. I'd like you to meet all natural burgers. Ow, ow. Relax, Morty. Western bacon cheeseburger. So these big ass messy burgers are just coming into into uh, Morty's room and just like you know sliming everywhere with it's their special so sauce. <laughs> I know. That's I what love I think is it. hilarious about this. it. This is great. It's gonna help you relax, Morty. Western bacon cheeseburger. I, I need to get sleep. Jalapeno thick burger. They're stealing stuff. <laughs> Only at Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. It's so disgusting, though. It is, but I mean, you know, Rick and Morty stoners, right? Like yeah. stoners are not—they're not stoners, but like, who's watching the stoners? And they're yeah. like, oh yeah, big sloppy burger right now. Yeah, Amen. Sto- stoners and libertarians. Um, what, what's that all about? I don't know. I just have—I mean, I love Rick and Morty, um, and I still have a negative stereotype about people who love Rick and Morty. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, have you? Is there like a cult of Rick and Morty? that you know of yes. that that, that I, and it does tend to be like a more libertarian bent or I, that you're adding that I just I attach libertarian to any group of white men that I don't love <laughs> um, like the type of guy would a lot of what is the overlap of <laughs> the men who love Rick and Morty uh-huh. and also probably love Eraserhead and are mad that their girlfriends haven't read every Bukowski book. Well, it sounds like we're talking about a pretty small circle, <laughs> okay. first of all. No, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm being horribly, I'm stereotyping, but there is a certain kind of like, because it's so it's so sci- science fiction-y and so sort of, you know, conceptual and smarter, you know, it, it wants, it. I feel like one thing about Rick and Morty is it kind of flatters its audience into feeling like they're smart or smarter than, than average. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it um, perhaps attracts a certain kind of hardcore fan who is unfucking bearable. So, quick update here. Uh, our friend Catherine just uh, wrote back. So we're back, just texting our. Yeah, we're just texting Catherine. Now. This she is said, a real loose show. She said, "I might still have the Twin Peaks pilot. I'm checking, and then I get a photo. <laughs> Not only does she still have it, she typed." Twin Peaks pilot. Uh, she typed it on a typewriter on the label she's and then like, affixed the label. She's like one of my most type A. Type. Um, uh, she's like a type. She's like one of my most type A friends. And I think she always has been. And I, this doesn't really surprise me that much. Oh, the typed out label. Yeah. That is that I can associate with that. Uh, the For all of my cassette tapes, the least I would do is type out the label. <laughs> Mostly, uh, would have, if, you'd also have if a description. Not make, if not, make an actual art about it. And it's um, it's uh, tucked in there right next to a Red Dawn, I see. And I can't quite make out whatever the VHS is next to that. Looks like it might be Rear Window. Oh, Rear Window. Yeah, that font. Um, that font is very of the 60s. That is so great. Uh, all right. I will stop texting our friend. Now, the next Rick and Morty. This is the one we definitely talked about. I think it was a Super Bowl ad because Pringles has been, um, you know, selling us on the idea of stacking Pringles. Right. for Which I've uh, already explained I, what I find to be the um, sort of logistical 
hurdle. You got to well, but you got to buy more. You got to buy, buy more. three. Got to buy, buy three cans of Pringles so you can stack them. That's sociopathic. But, they're, but that's behavior. what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to buy more. Imagine having three cans of Pringles in your house. Um, yeah, I feel like I, I wouldn't can't trust myself. It. Do you think that Pringles should release pre-stacked? Yes. Okay, don't I blow up. I can't out even believe that they. I cannot even believe that they haven't yet. Why? Well, then you're not like, selling three cans. But still, but like, what a novelty purchase! Yeah, why are right they now not? they're selling zero cans to me? Right, because that, you're overwhelmed by it. You're well, like, I, I want to stack, and I don't want to have three cans. Sell me, sell me a funny stacker. Like right. this is, you know, um, I don't know. My like, uh, you know, I, I can't think of any that they haven't already done. But like, yeah, make make me a special stacker can. Um, what are your favorite Pringles flavors? Well, I like the. Um, Sour cream, is it sour cream and onion? Ugh, okay. I like that. They do have variety packs here. Oh, okay. I'm looking. Oh no, it's a variety pack where you can buy 36 small cans. No, that's not what you I want. You want it mixed up. I in want the a can. regular size mm-hmm. Pringles can, a tall can. But then when you open it, it's th- it's three you know sets. With do you want them. them separated, or do you just want to count them out yourself? I think I want them separated. Put a little plastic Pringle between them. Oh, a plastic Pringle. That yeah. is, people are going to be Collect eating. Collect them all. People are going to be eating plastic Pringles <laughs> and getting in trouble. Well, I haven't thought through all the liability issues. Like, that's for the lawyers. They have honey mustard. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, cheddar and sour cream. I'm down with all wavy of these. Wavy fire. I wonder if that was... Um, I wonder if some of these were just limited. Wavy applewood. I would never. Oh, the wavy is the actual shape of the chip. No, thank you. Well, they put r- like a ruffle in yeah, it. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, sweet and tangy barbecue. I would mess with that. Yeah. Loaded baked potato. Sure. Probably not. I think I um, actually just like pot- all Pringles. I think I just like the, the. Ooh, they do have dill pickle. I would try that. Let's get back to the show. Um, so let's play this. Holland Pepper. You stop naming Pringles. Pringles flavors. Make new ones. How much do you think Pringles paid these people? Hardly anything. Hey, you guys want to stack different Pringles flavors to create new flavor combos? Here, I'll I'll go first. Pizza, barbecue, and jalapeno. The spicy barbecue pizza stack. Get him! Okay, so Rick attacks the boy Morty um, on some suspicion, and as he attacks him, Morty's face falls off, and we see that he's an android of some sort. Pringles! We're trapped in a Pringles commercial. They must have taken us in our sleep. How can we get out? We can't, Summer. They warned me this would happen, and I didn't listen. Stack Pringles! Make endless new flavors! Now an army of robot Mortys come in. Stack Pringles flavors! Make new ones! It's very true to the show. But now here's the Old Spice one, which I don't think I've seen. It looks like a similar setup. Did you see the one with Carl's Jr.? Is this exactly the same? exactly the same. I was going to say it's a similar setup. Morty is sleeping in his bed. Morty, check out my new friends, the Old Spice Invisible Sprays. (laughs) Come on, Rick, it's three in the morning. Why do you keep selling us out? Meet Bear Gloves, Swagger, and Pure Spore. (laughs) (laughs) It's too bad, Morty. Their spray is invisible. It's so cynical. I love it. They go on clear, they smell great, and provide 48 Rick is like reading the the ad copy in the most (laughs) bored way possible. Like, I just Uh, am fascinated i want to be in the pitch meeting with these two properties i think it's that rick and morty are so powerful in terms of the cultural their their you know influence over the culture and their ability to say hey do it our way or you can fuck right off old spice and old spice you know famously has like 
a pretty good sense of humor about itself. Right, right, absolutely. Their spray is invisible. It's Same invisible for Carl's spray. Jr., to be honest. They go on clear, they smell great, and provide 48 hours of odor and sweat protection. Make them stop. Can't Get make it stop, Morty. You're going to smell great tomorrow. 4,000. He's counting money. He pulls out some cash at the end. He's just counting his money. So great. Now, is that postmodern? Uh, yes, yes, that is definitely postmodern. That's for sure postmodern. Um, this next one you found, and then I found a little backgrounder on. Yeah, I'm um, stoked and to this hear is, about this backgrounder. So tell me what you know about this, because it turns out this was a whole cultural event. Do you remember this? I don't remember it, um, okay. or or I don't have a strong memory of it. This is for this is Friends, and Friends had a, a cross promotion with Diet Coke, where the premise was it was sort of like a contest. You would. Um, and I, I didn't include the ad where they just are where they're not really in the Friends universe mm-hmm. as much. They're just sort of talking to talking about it. But the idea was you would watch an episode of Friends or some number of episode of Friends, and you would watch for a character drinking a Diet Coke, and then you would like send in a postcard or something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I lost the thread, but it was something like that. You know, it was like it was very old school. You would like. You would go into some sort of IRL media form and say, like, it was Rachel drinking the Diet Coke in mm-hmm. the bathtub or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you would have a shot at winning, a, I think, a walk-on extra part or something in the show. And it was like that kind of thing. And it was that kind of era, too, where there was so much. You, there was no TikTok. You couldn't, like, become famous on your own. You had to, you if you wanted to come in contact with any form of celebrity, you had to get a walk-on part on Friends. Um, and so they had these couple of ads around this Diet Coke, and the premise was always sort of like, um, it was sort of like the cops were interviewing them, or it was they were some sort of crime associated with the Diet Coke. Here, can I can I read to you? Yeah, from, so I'm I'm floundering here. So, <laughs> so please help me out because I didn't know of any of this, which is interesting because this article by Kelsey Miller in In Style magazine says if you were alive at all in 1996, you certainly remember the phrase who's gonna drink the diet coke i have no recollection of that at all i feel like i was alive in 1996 but i guess i wasn't 96 i guess that's my first year of college and so i probably didn't have a tv so like you know when i was at home we had tv and cable not not to brag um (laughs) so i was exposed to that but i'm sure that my first year of college i didn't have a tv and i was just probably smoking dope and hanging out in the dorms and so i was in no way counterculture as your many digs have indicated Mm -hmm. um but i also was like by the time i was 18 years old like i didn't really care that much about friends you know like i wasn't must see tv wasn't appointment watching for me at that point i had other shit going on in 1996 you weren't smoking dope with the guys um who lived across the hall um and just constantly were watching the yellow submarine movie with the sound down playing music from the basketball diaries Oh, no, I was doing that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sounds good. No wonder we ended up together. Okay, so again, according to Kelsey Miller, the final ad... Okay, um, each week, viewers were instructed to grab a soda and tune in to watch Friends. You said, you know, you said that. Uh, During which a Diet Coke ad would air, and one of the characters would drink from the bottle. If the name under your cap matched the character in the ad, then you won a prize. Everybody's still with me? Cool, says Kelsey Miller. The final (laughs) ad would air during the Friends episode right after the 1996 Super Bowl, titled simply The One After the Super Bowl. And it revealed which dastardly villain stole the Diet Coke from the apartment. Can I spoil it for you? Please. It was Rachel. 
In another innovative move, Coca-Cola had the Friends team handle... She is the most entitled of the Friends. (laughs) So the Friends team handled the creative direction as opposed to their own advertising agency. Um, And the campaign took off like a rocket. As if overnight, the show and its cast went from popular to absolutely inescapable. Um, But then things kind of turned. The contest only lasted for five weeks, but to viewers it felt like forever writes Kelsey. The one after the Super Bowl was met with huge ratings, thanks in part to a bloated roster of guest stars from Brooke Shields, Chris Isaac, Julia Roberts. Do you remember any of this? No. Jean-Claude Van Damme. But the critical reception was one big eye roll. To fans and critics alike, the episode and the contest just seemed like way too much. The stunt casting and the contest, a desperate attempt to cash in on the show's popularity. We didn't say it back then, but it started to feel thirsty. Right. Ex- ironically Literally. for Diet Coke. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Chicago Tribune dubbed the episode the one where the show crosses the line from promiscuity into pr- prostitution. We also didn't have this phrase, I think, back then, but also jump the shark comes Yes, that's what I was thinking, too. And then the Friends backlash began, which is why this article is called How Diet Coke Almost Tanked. Friends. I think, I mean, the, <laughs> that's a huge overstatement. It's a pretty Rachel, big, because, or, uh, what's the name? Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Miller. Um, but then uh, it does say that, like, around this time, um, the three main cast members, like, launched movies and mm. all of them just kind of failed. So the headline is, like, how Diet Coke killed it, but it was just, like, basically overexposure sure. in general. Um, and do you remember, by the way, while I wait for my internet to come back for some reason, can you guess um, wow, what the three movies were that the three main leads were in? Well, can you tell me the the actors? Which three of the actors? Yeah, here. Okay, Matt LeBlanc. What was his movie around? Dunstan checks in. Ed. He was in a movie called Ed. Ed? Yes. And then Jennifer Aniston was in Dream. That must have tanked, man. I have no idea what that is. Dream for an insomniac? What? And I David Schwimmer all... was in something called The Paul Bearer. I remember I that. I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. That's the, yeah. How, how ironic that Schwimmer would be the one movie that I even vaguely yeah, remember. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. By the way, there are a series of, of Skittles ads with David Schwimmer that I think we should devote a whole show to. Oh, really? I haven't. From what era? Uh, I think pre-Friends, maybe. I mean, he certainly doesn't seem like he has any cash. He's not He's not Ross, and he he's just like a crazy Skittles guy. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, we should talk about him some other time, because he's definitely not, it's not in character. All right, well, let's play this uh, this commercial. This was, the, I guess, the final commercial to air, and the Friends cast, one by one, are in some dark room, and they're they're kind of giving frenetic answers they're being they're being interrogated by cops yeah and i don't do we ever hear the cops actually asking questions we see them okay like yeah kind of the backs of their heads or whatever and they're all like giving their explanations and their alibis let's take a listen oh the sound quality here is terrible there's it's so weird that this commercial was so um so kind of important the culture according to everything i read today but everybody just links to the same youtube video where the sound is terrible it's so terrible and like the um also, the the joke writing is hacky beyond belief, even for friends. Yeah. All right, let's take a listen. Someone stole a Diet Coke from Monica and Rachel's apartment. Look, I don't have an alibi. I was alone that night because I don't have a boyfriend. Is that what you want to hear? I didn't do it. I wasn't even there. It wasn't me. You know what would be nice in here? A couple of candles. Oh, oh, oh great. Look, I, I didn't take it. <laughs> All right, it was me. I also sold me the gum when I was seven, and I cheated on my first boyfriend. 
I can't even tell what she's saying there. So we've seen all. I know of the, the audio is terrible. They're she all says, trying to give. It their, was like, me. I stole a piece of gum one night when I was seven. I also cheated on my first. And then she goes, "Wait a minute. How much of this do you need?" And then there's the diet coke. I guess it's the diet coke. Yeah. Wait, but it can't be the evidence because somebody stole it, right? So this is somebody else's diet. It doesn't hang together. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very typical episode of Friends. As I say, yeah, they clearly used the real. They did use the fruit. <laughs> didn't they? If Rachel is on the bottle capper game piece, you just want to trip for two to see a live filming of Friends. So I assume that that's the one that aired during the Super Bowl or right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess so. So or, you, yeah, I guess the, so in the anyone episode, anyone had the had a bottle cap with Rachel on it. It was, must have just been a lottery after that. Was going. It sounded. It yeah. almost sounded like you won a trip for two to go see the filming of Friends. I was. I thought it was a walk-on role. Which, by the way, I like upgraded the prize. Let's see if if the uh, person says you a chance to win. Game piece. You just won a trip for two to see a live. No, it says you've just. Was on the bottle capper game piece. You just won a trip for two to see a live filming of Friends. Oh, I guess a live. Yeah, I guess a live filming, but still Not though, that many. But yeah, it's still, but still kind still, of a lot. And maybe it's just like free tickets. You got to pay your own airfare or something because they're not flying. Or, or I guess they just limit how many people they have. They just didn't put many Rachel game pieces out there. Right. There's only yeah. 10 Rachel game pieces. Oh, my God. What am I doing? I'm annoying myself. <laughs> I came across one commercial that I don't know if this really fits. But uh, while we're talking about the Super Bowl, um, this commercial aired during the Super Bowl in 2014. Who played in that Super Bowl? Be the... Broncos, they might fumble on the very first play of the game and end up losing to. Did they almost get shut out by our Seattle Seahawks? That's correct. Did Good. they get? Sh we didn't shut them out though. Um, no, but what we was did. the final score? Um, oh, I thought you were looking at it in front of you. It's okay. Um, but yeah, it was a just a dominating performance. It by was our forty-three Seahawks. to eight. 43 to 8. I got so drunk that I couldn't do the final segment of TBTL. Do you remember that? I'm sure I do, yeah. Um, we were, Luke and I had an idea that we'd be recording the TBTL. We'd be checking in. He in Seattle, me in LA. We'd be checking in by phone and recording ourselves at various stages of the game. Um, and I was slurring my words by the halftime check-in. And then um, by the time the game was over, I was so well into my cups that I told him, I'm sorry, you have to do the last segment. <laughs> by yourself because I will not record myself like this. Also, I was really stressed out about work. Do you remember? This is a sad thing. Do you remember that's also the day that Philip, Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman, Moore died. Hoffman died and, yeah. and I was working this job where my phone was blowing up with like the host of the show I worked on and saying like who are we going to get like how, we got to get a huge name to talk about this I'm just like I'm just trying to enjoy my Seattle Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. Anyway, uh during that Super Bowl uh, this commercial aired. It's a 90-second commercial, and it is Jerry Seinfeld and um, – uh, I'm blanking on George Costanza's Jason act. Alexander. Jason Alexander. Uh, baby Maggie as Baby Maggie. <laughs> uh, Jason, it's Jerry and uh, and Jason, and they've reprised their roles. It begins with them driving in a car, um, and then they end up stopping at the classic Seinfeld Diner, and they have this conversation. I can't believe the Super Bowl is in New York. Well, they got to have it somewhere. All right, what's going on here? I come over for the Super Bowl, you don't put out a chip? It's just the two of us. The writing here is, I feel a little bit rough and confusing, so let me just tell you what's going on. They went to the diner during halftime. 
So, in fact, I believe the announcer tosses this to this commercial. I think it's like uh, Kurt Menefee actually says, let's check in to see what other New Yorkers are doing right now. And then he tosses to this commercial. I saw that footage earlier today. And uh, and so the the spoof here is that it's halftime and they've left Jerry's apartment to get a cup of coffee during halftime. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get invited to another party. Yeah, that's what happened. No, I got invited to anything. What was that? Nothing. You mumbled something. If I wanted to tell you, I would say it. That's the point of the mumble. I know the point of the mumble. I got invited to the Wassersteins. So we could have both gone again. The Wassersteins don't like you because two years ago you overcheered and you ruined the whole party. It was the Giants. What was I supposed to do? I cheered. The constant pounding on the coffee table. Pounding, pounding, pounding. Was there anything else? Yes. You availed yourself of the toilet in their master bedroom. <laughs> why? Well, I know why. Everyone knew why. But you don't do it. So you didn't go because of me. That's right. But you didn't tell me. I mumbled it. All right, go watch the second half with the Wasserstains. Seriously? Get out of here. All right, I'm going. <laughs> Here's oh, Newman. Oh, then Newman walks up. Oh, hello, Newman. Hello, Jerry. The Wasserstains went a bit savory this year, so I had to make a quick Danish run. <laughs> Come on, Seahawks! Come on! Newman! So now they're not going to go to the Wasserstains because Newman is there. I think that's what... Our yes. takeaway is, and then they get back in the car, and then you may ask yourself, wait a second, what am I watching an ad for? And also, does the stank of Newman make me dislike the Seahawks a little bit? I know. Well, I do. I definitely think it's a diss on the Seahawks. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that anything Newman likes is meant to imply that oh, it is not the that is preferred uh, sort of take. Well, we showed you, didn't we, Newman? Uh, and well, then- more like we showed you Broncos fans. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I got lost there. We yeah, showed so- you writers of Newman who didn't like the Seahawks. Well, well the you know, the thread is hard you to find. You ever get to a point in the show where you're like, I think we just need to end. <laughs> like, we need to just, like, start moving faster and more deliberately towards how, the end of the show. How am I the one that's on my second glass <laughs> of wine? You're drinking wine. I'm drinking water. Um, but uh, anyway, they get back in the car and you're like, wait a second, I just watched a 90-second commercial and I don't even know what it's for. You j- then see that it's a commercial for comedians in cars getting coffee. Uh, you'll just see, like, the, the logo and the text on the screen here listing all of the people who were going to be on that. And this uh, was get, 2014. Yes. Top billing, Louis C.K. Exactly. And uh, so this was 2014. The show had been around for about uh, two years at this point, Comedians in Cars. Um, and I believe it's still on Crackle at that time wow. before Netflix took it over. Chris Rock, Howard Stern. How, did I see Howard Stern in there? No, he never did one, did he? Yeah, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Huh. Uh, Jason Alexander, Jason. Louis C.K. Yeah, a whole bunch else? of people. I can't uh, make it go slow enough, but we should just move on. Um, so th- that counts, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, they're definitely their se- themselves. They're in a set from the show, mm-hmm. the diner. Um, there's Now re- the show's long over. The show's though, long over, but it's definitely still in the universe of Seinfeld. And I just think it's kind of an interesting idea that, like, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is now two years old. It certainly made a splash when it launched, but it was also kind of like sort of an indie thing. Mm-hmm. It was it was something you watched on the internet primarily. I mean, maybe you had Crackle, but more likely mm-hmm. you just watched it on the internet mm-hmm. somehow. 
Um, it seemed like the type of thing that you were mostly hearing about from your friends yes, at this point. Yes, it was like, the I same way. I remember Luke that, was really into it. Yeah, I mean, your, fr- your, your friends were into it, and the same way that you heard about um, Between Two Ferns was the way you heard about comedians mm-hmm. and cars. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting that they took this extremely high-profile ad ad buy to talk up to to promote it but in this like very unpromotional way it's it's never mentioned it seems like a commercial for seinfeld it seems like a commercial for (laughs) seinfeld it's just a reminder of jerry seinfeld's style and then you know the logo yeah all right i love that you went retro for this next one by the way (laughs) um bewitched how'd you come across this one you know it was just sort of googling around but by by quite by coincidence i did watch two old episodes of bewitched the other day oh, it just yeah. happened to be on TV and I just felt like watching it. Unfortunately, Dick Sargent, but what are you going to do? He's the second one or He's the first? He's second one. Okay, we like the first one. Yeah, Dick York, Dick York. for life. Um, I didn't know that there was strong feelings on this. Who's in this one? Dick York. Dick York. Okay. Yeah, this is an early in Bush. So this is before it's color um, and or maybe it is. Actually, there's some color. It's almost like sepia tone. It's almost like sepia tone. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, it's definitely Dick York and she is, uh, of course... If you know anything about Bewitched, you know that there is only there's one conflict and one conflict only. She's not allowed to use magic. She's not allowed to use magic. I didn't magic. remember that being the driving thing. That's so um, controlling. Yeah, it is. I don't like the. I don't like that. No, it's a weird subtext, but um, she ultimately always ends up using magic. Um, so in this one, he asks first. He she's going to make him some oatmeal, um, but he doesn't want her to use magic to make it. Morning, sweetheart. Oh my. Can I fix you some eggs? How about oatmeal? Okay. Samantha, I thought I told you no witchcraft. I didn't. Don't cover up. It takes time to make oatmeal. There's not even a pot around. There's no trick to it. Really? I used instant Quaker oatmeal. You just pour a packet into a bowl, add boiling water, stir, and it's done. With instant Quaker, anyone can make oatmeal in a hurry. Even mortals. Fuck you, Darren. Yeah, <laughs> go make me breakfast. I'm just going to sit down here. Yeah, uh, like you order from your wife like she's a goddamn diner waitress. Yes, and, and then, then you berate her. And then you berate her if she wants to take a shortcut. Like, yeah. I want you to make me breakfast now, and I want you to slave over a stove. That's right. What if he did want eggs? She's not allowed to wiggle her nose? Nope. No. Why did he marry a witch if he doesn't want her to Well, be... he didn't know. Yeah. So maybe that was sort of a disclosure issue. Yeah, I guess that is. He, that's that's canon. He didn't know when they got married. I think that's correct. Yeah. Hmm. They should reboot it and do like the courting years. Well, they kind of did reboot it with that where they with the uh, Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. kind of the story. Oh, that is right. That's kind of a charming movie, isn't yeah, it? You like that movie? Yes. I, it's a it's a weird like for me. Um, directed by um, not that it matters, but um, uh, famous director, a, a rare female director of her time who unfortunately died way was too Nora early. Efron? I think it's a Nora Ephron yeah. joint. Yeah, I know she was a screenwriter. Did she also direct that? Um, I th- I thought so. I could be wrong. Um, okay, I was jealous of your retro pull, so I'm like, what about? And so I was just like, I don't know what else was big in the '60s. Uh, did the Gilligan's Island Gang ever sell anything? I thought, oh, I could see that. Like the gang is on the island, and maybe they're selling coffee, like, right, or coconuts, Coop, or coconuts, or something. Um, but instead of finding a commercial of the Gilligan's Island Gang. From the 1960s, I found a commercial from supposedly 1990. This could be late 80s, early 90s. And it's Bob Denver, you know, Gilligan. This is so 
this is such a bummer. Um, <laughs> because he, they don't say, you know, this is one of those things where it's clearly not officially licensed, but right. he's wearing his outfit. He's wearing his little fisherman's cap and his red sweater. And, you know, and he's sitting on like a big um, rattan chair. Yeah, is that what you call a rattan? He's like next to a little TV that looks like it's basically coconut powered, although yeah. it's unclear how that is. And what he's selling here is something called. Kelly's movie and TV quiz, something you could call into, answer questions, and then win a hundred dollars if you get it right. Oh and my this is, god! And so this is like an. What and, was that quiz that was super hot for a minute? Uh, that app. Oh, that's right. You played that. I did not. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it was for like you could win some money. This is just like, like two years ago. Or oh something. yeah, or not three? even that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've already forgotten everything about it. Wow. Yeah, and it was so hot for a minute. Your and people then, would get together and like. Try to like pull their their yeah. trivia knowledge, and then they swapped hosts out, I believe, and then suddenly it just poof, it was gone. All right, take a listen to this. Wow, this is great! If you like TV and movies like I do, now it really pays off. You can win a hundred dollars by calling this number and playing Kelly's movie and TV quiz. Just answer nine trivia questions with the push buttons on your telephone and win a hundred dollars. And it's real simple and a lot of fun. Call this number. Use your push button phone to select your category, movies or TV. Answer nine questions correctly and win one hundred dollars. Kelly's movie and TV quiz. One nine hundred three eight six Kelly. Ninety five cents a minute. Call now. Ninety five cents a minute. Ninety five cents a minute. Do you think anybody won? Oh, I bet a few people won, um, but I bet that t- ninth question was a tricky one. Last week's show was inspired by a um, a Sopranos commercial that I stumbled on, um, which led to a whole thing about beer, if you heard last week's episode. Um, there are a lot of, like, similar to that, not official, like, Sopranos stamp of approval, but right. clearly, like, all the like, actors doing their Sopranos bit. Yes, with and with... Uh, with the trappings, like with the sort of right. costuming and exactly. the makeup and everything. And I, I actually took a look at this one before we put this together. And I wasn't sure if it qualified because it's not clearly in the it's, Sopranos universe, but it, it kind, is clearly yeah, no, Polly Walnut. These last two, I'm definitely cheating because it's just basically actors reprising their role to sell something, but it's not official, right? right? And so in this one, you just have the actor who plays Polly Walnuts, uh, to, uh, Tony... Sirico. If I can't pronounce Tony, I'm definitely not pronouncing Sirico. Toe Nye? <laughs> I want to say Toe Nye. I want to say Toe New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he did a series of commercials for the breakfast chain Denny's. And in all of them, he's harassing employees of a lesser breakfast joint. In one of them, he goes up to a fast food place and he tries to uh, pay for his meal with fake money. He just like kind of pulls out a wad like they do on The Sopranos, only it's all like Monopoly money, like yeah. colored. Um, and, the, and the guy's like, you can't pay with that. It's not real money. It's like, well, this isn't real Please breakfast. Please don't get paid with Monopoly money, sir. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, either that same character or a similar uh, kid is outside in the parking lot, and he sees that uh, Polly Walnuts is attaching a chain to the back of his old Buick. Or no, I guess Caddy. Uh, and, Please. And then attaching the other end. He's a capo. <laughs> yes, attaching the other end to the breakfast sign for this non-Denny's restaurant. Uh, and we'll pick it up there. What are you doing? Does that your ultimate breakfast? Y- yeah. Is that the Grand Slam? The what? I no. I what? Uh. He's gonna pull the sign down oh, using man. his car. Oh, oh. 
Denny's new Build Your Own Grand Slam. Now you can choose the items you want to make the Grand Slam your slam, starting at five ninety nine. Do you love a Grand Slam? Oh my God. God, I love a Grand I Slam. I love a Grand Slam. Um, I would like to see more of the internal life of this kid who keeps getting harassed by Polly Walnuts. Yeah, like, well, it kind of sucks. It's probably not great. It's probably not great. He is a Mr. Manager, so that's good. You can see on his um, you know, little label on his shirt. Okay, last one. This one, if that one doesn't count. I mean, that is so Polly Walnuts. Like, the, the hair the with wings. the big white wings. Yeah. The same exact leather jacket he's often wearing. This one, though, did you watch this one yet? No. I think I remember this from, I'm going to say the 90s, maybe very early 2000s. This, oh, no, there it is, 1993, according to uh, the internet here. Um, this is uh, Cliff Clavin. Well, no, it's John Ratzenberger, but it's so clearly Cliff Clavin. There's no other, tra- there, he's not in a bar. There's nobody else from the show, but he's just in somebody's the, living room. But there's only, there's only one yes. way to interpret this character, I take it. And so I think the whole point of Balderdash is somebody gives out a definition and then it's dictionary and then people is that it would did people give out fake definitions yeah, and you gotta guess the real it's one it's a board gamified or commercialized version of dictionary so here you have i don't know somebody who reminds me a little bit of cliff clavin <laughs> butting into this family's game Disselfink. ah yeah well it's a little known fact that a Disselfink is a filter that purifies Amazon river water. A Disselfink is a stylized bird found in Pennsylvania Dutch art. Ah, well, yeah, it also took on that meaning after the Eisenhower administration. <laughs> it's Balderdash, the game where you don't have to know the me. definition to wacky real words. Just bluff them. Twain Dillo. Oh. Yeah, Twain Dillo. Right. Sure, well, that's a armadillo who's been run over by a truck full of guitars. Play Balderdash. <laughs> that is an inspired cat piece of casting and yes. the, the little known fact. I mean, it's yeah. a great intersection with the Cliff Clavin character character who is very dear to my heart um and and the idea of this game right yeah which yeah. is really funny he's not I dressed as a postman though he's just no dressed yeah casual. i wonder if that would have crossed the line for but them. he is dressed how cliff clavin would dress yeah sure off His duty. yeah exactly all right um let's check in with the ad council real quickly and get out of here <laughs> how long have we been at this everybody's talking at me I don't hear words of saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, I got one email here. This is from listener Zach, who says, Okay, I got a jingle for you. Now, the thing is, Zach doesn't sing the jingle himself, which... Is this my Zach? That's fine. No, no, oh. this is a, a different Zach. Sorry, um, Zach. Your, your Zach is your brother Zach, yeah. I take it. Yeah, no, this is a different Zach. Um, but this Zach says, okay, I got a jingle for you. It's a 1980s ad for Bob's IGA, a grocery store in Kansas City. Um, by the way, we had IGAs in, in the Cleveland yeah. area. Do you have them down south? I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um Zach says, I found this on an old videotape I picked up at a garage sale. It's a pretty fun ad and even has a guy juggling oranges in it. Take a listen to this song. Anytime, every day, we're going to treat you in our special way at Bob's IGA. For delicious, easy summertime eating, you can't beat Butterball. Deli meats ready to enjoy from Butterball. And now at Bob's, crispy Doritos chips. 15-ounce bag, just $1.87. Bob on into Bob's now. Your hometown grocer. Bob's IGA, we do the Bob's Club. It's catchy. 
Oh my gosh. Well, uh, they owe Wham a debt of gratitude. That's why that song was in yes. my head. Before we started the show, I was singing um, Jitterbug. Jitterbug, and I couldn't figure out why. Um, by the way, this is what I, I am so into this, and it ties into what we were texting Catherine about. <laughs> she sent me one more text and said that sometimes uh, Polly will still, not Polly Walnuts, her <laughs> husband, our friend Paul, will pick up uh, VHS tapes still at like. Um, at thrift stores or oh my what God. So they must have a... I can't, they must have a VCR. They must have a, a VCR. Um, but Zach here says, on a side note, not sure what got into me, but I recently decided to dip my toe into the world of uploading old ads to YouTube. I sell vintage stuff on eBay. You're doing the Lord's work, Zach, oh. because we depend <sighs> on that shit so much. I wrote back. I, I wrote back to my... I, I actually, I might want to get into this. I seriously came very close to start... Googling well, we, what equipment it would we take. We certainly owe the universe some ads. Uh, it would be so fun if when I started seeing old VHS tapes at thrift stores to buy them and just see what mystery is on there yeah. and like people overdubbing a million times because you never know. It might look like a boring... Yeah, that's how you die from the ring, but sure. <laughs> exactly. But like you could even start watching and it's like, oh, it's an old newscast or whatever. And then you could just get that little bit of static and then suddenly it becomes quantum leap like you have no idea people are just like recording and re-recording and yeah. like whatever um it seems like it'd be such a fun treasure hunt um, we literally don't have a vcr just i'll just remind well and you. i wouldn't have a way of digitizing it which is why i'd have to look for probably like a vhs unit oh this is why you're warning me about that yes. you're going you're going shopping because i'm wondering how zach does this i wonder if they sell little vhs players with a usb i'm sure that is just for this exact purpose um so zach says i sell vintage stuff for a living on eBay and I see old VHS tapes a lot so I thought I'd upload some long lost footage I must say it is a lot of work you have to have a good working VCR fast forward to just the commercials <laughs> Genevieve's counting it out on her hands find a way to transfer them to the computer edit each commercial into its own clip and finally upload it on YouTube which requires you to write a title and description Genevieve is now Those, giving a that thumbs all down that fucking terrible this to sounds me, so fun to me this sounds like Andrew's happy place this I am this is exactly the I am getting thing. high off of yeah. the fumes from Zach's email absolutely this gives me much better appreciation for anyone who posts thousands of old ads to YouTube those people must be very dedicated love your podcast Zach Zach man I think, like, let's do this together, yeah, my Zach, friend. Yeah, Zach, thanks. I'm never going to see Andrew again. <laughs> I already hooked up my old record player, which has <laughs> already got me in the studio longer than I should. Okay, uh, let's wrap things up here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. That's a long... Loose show, Genevieve. Yeah, sometimes I had a lot of sometimes fun, they're though. looser than others. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, um, for writing in, as you always do, and having great conversations on the uh, Facebook page. We'll get to more Ad Council stuff next week. How can people get at us, Vives? They can call us at 607-444-5597. We do want to hear you sing those jingles. Yeah. Please call them in. Um, you can email us at after these messages show at Gmail. Or visit us on the Facebook group. It's great to see everybody there. All right. Okay, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next week. If you don't get it, get a computer and Google it. If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit. Yeah, pooping on the track. Call me Doodle Vic.